Pelosi last night, uh, shockingly, or the night before, I think it was last night, shockingly, uh, Nancy Pelosi, after making a promise to progressives that the um, reconciliation bill would be linked with the bipartisan infrastructure deal. So that uh, reconciliation deal uh, is the 3.5 trillion. So Pelosi uh, last night uh, basically backed away, moonwalked away, so no surprise there, uh, from her promise that both bills would be attached at the hip. So the bipartisan infrastructure deal would, was not supposed to be voted on before the reconciliation deal. Progressives, Bernie Sanders, AOC, Pramila Jayapal, all of them have been very consistent in, yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, they're either together or we're not voting on the bipartisan infrastructure deal. And so far, they've held firm. And we're going to get to what they've been saying today. But of course, Pelosi yesterday said, oh, we're actually we're going to vote on the bipartisan deal first. A lot of Washington wizards say Pelosi never puts forward a bill unless she knows she has the votes. So by Pelosi saying that, some might say, well, maybe she thinks she has enough Republicans to vote along with the right wing Republicans in the Democratic Party. So actual Republicans, uh, maybe she thinks there will be enough Republicans to vote along with the Democrat Republicans, as I'm going to now call them, to basically cancel out who, however many progressives vote no on the bipartisan infrastructure deal. But this was Pelosi backing away from her promise, which I have always said from the beginning of time to these progressives, you are not dealing with people operating in good faith. Frankly, you were dealing with political terrorists. I think Nancy Pelosi, to a certain degree, is a political terrorist. When you intentionally block universal health care during a pandemic, to me, that is terrorism. When you intentionally block programs that would save people's lives pre-pandemic and during a pandemic, what do you call that? So it's not surprising to me that now Pelosi started this business about uh, yeah, we're not going to uh, vote on both of them at the same time, but we're going to go forward with uh, just the bipartisan deal first. Let me read from this article. Progressive leaders on Tuesday declared that a majority of their 100-member caucus still plans to tank President Joe Biden's infrastructure bill this week without a firm commitment that party leaders could finish another huge agenda item, and time is running out before that vote. Democrats in the House are demanding details about what the Senate's uh, most vocal centrists will support ratcheting up the pressure on Biden for a pair of high-stakes meetings with Manchin and Kirsten Cinema on Tuesday, meaning today. Uh, with more clar Without more clarification, Congressional Progressive Caucus Chair Pramila Jayapal said most of her members still plan to oppose Thursday's infrastructure vote. Uh, as our, quote, as our members have made clear for three months, the two are integrally tied together, uh, integrally tied together, and we will only vote for the infrastructure bill after passing the reconciliation bill. Jayapal said, with just two days left, uh, just two days left for Pelosi to lock down votes on the infrastructure bill, Biden's sit down with Manchin and Cinema could be pivotal, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Colin, if you could play uh, that CNN clip. And what the House Speaker is hoping is that she can get an agreement with some progressives on basically a framework for that much bigger $3.5 trillion human infrastructure package that you talked about that would be enough for them to vote yes by Thursday. The problem is, at this point, progressives are holding firm that they want to see more than just an agreement. And right now, an agreement seems to be nowhere in the offering. This is what Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said earlier today. 
Our caucus is strongest when it's unified and decoupling these bills. It starts it starts to pit priorities against one another, and uh, that's why I, I don't I disagree with separating them. So you hear AOC there talking about the Progressive Caucus, of which there are more than 90 members. Now, we don't think that there are 90 members willing to vote no on Thursday, but there could be as many as 40. And Allison, uh, the margins are so tight in the House of Representatives. The House Speaker can only afford to lose three, maybe four votes, depending on how Republicans decide to handle this. So she needs to bring them on board. And right now, she just does not have the votes. I also want to show you a press release from Bernie Sanders. Well, this is his tweet, uh, but no infrastructure bill should pass without a $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. That is the agreement that was made, and that is the agreement that must be kept. Physical infrastructure is important, but the needs of working families and combating climate change is more important. So I'll get to Bernie because Bernie also issued a press release, but let's go back to that tweet. So there's a key word in this tweet that I do not like. I don't know what you guys think, but I don't like it at all, is no infrastructure bill should pass without a $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. That is the agreement that was made, and that is the agreement that must be kept, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. No infrastructure bill will pass, will pass without a $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. Obviously, Bernie's not in the House. He's in the Senate. But you'd have to assume if progressives actually have, by some accounts, dozen, two dozen that will vote no, that Republicans will not. The, the Democrats cannot get enough votes for the Republican to make up for all of those progressives who vote no. But I don't like this language from Bernie. It should not. It sh no uh, infrastructure bill should pass. No, it will not pass. No infrastructure bill will pass. Now let's read uh, Bernie's office issued a press release, if you have that, Colin. Let's be crystal clear. If the bipartisan infrastructure bill is passed on its own on Thursday, this will be in violation of an agreement that was reached within the Democratic caucus in Congress. More importantly, it will end all leverage that we have to pass, a, uh, all leverage that we have to pass a major reconciliation bill. That means there will be no serious effort to address the long neglected crises facing the working families of our country, the children, the elderly, the sick, and the poor. It also means that Congress will continue to ignore the existential threat to our country and planet with regard to climate change. I strongly urge my House colleagues to vote against the bipartisan infrastructure bill until Congress passes a, rec a strong reconciliation bill. So another thing, I mean, the media is making it like, oh, Bernie's telling them to play tough, but there's tweaks in the language that I think are important. In the tweet, he said, uh, no infrastructure bill should pass. No, no. Again, no infrastructure bill will pass. Don't say should. That's opening it up to, oh, well, it might. No, no. It's not going to pass because we are holding firm. But if you put that back up, Colin, that press release, there's another line in here I don't like. Uh, until we have a strong reconciliation bill. Whoa. How did it go from $3.5 trillion to a strong reconciliation bill. Well, what does a strong reconciliation bill mean? I don't know, Bernie. Sounds like you're moving the goalpost here. Uh, sounds like you're shifting from 3.5 trillion to, well, as long as it's a strong deal, we'll accept it. Again, why are you 
and this is not just Bernie. I I gave it to Ro Khanna for going on going on CNN and preemptively saying that yeah, it's not a three point five is not a red line for us. We're willing to negotiate. Even if you are willing to negotiate, even if you are willing to take less than three point five trillion, and I hate to tell you guys, they're going to have to take less than three point five trillion. I mean, that's just the reality. I personally, for me, I wouldn't go less than three trillion. That's just me. But I don't understand these language, these the tinker of, of language. It might seem like nothing to you, but tinkering of language is is basically uh, for, forecasting that your definitions and your rigid positions are adjustable when you're saying a strong deal rather than 3.5 trillion. The statement from Pramila Jayapal. So this was a press release uh, from Pramila Jayapal, if you have that, Colin. So um, U.S. Representative Pramila Jayapal, chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, issued the following statement following the 96-member coalition's meeting about the ongoing infrastructure Build Back Better negotiations. Quote, we remain fully committed to passing Biden's uh, entire Build Back Better agenda. Ugh, I can't stand that fucking term. And de delivering the transformative change that people throughout the country urgently want, need, and deserve. Moving forward without the Build Back Better Act would put long overdue investments in child care, paid leave, health care, affordable housing, pre-K, uh, community college, climate action, and a roadmap to citizenship for dreamers, uh, T TPS recipients, and essential workers at risk. Uh, Quote, this agenda is not some fringe wish list. It's the president's agenda, the Democratic agenda, and what we all promised voters when they delivered us the House, Senate, and White House. Uh, it, was, it is supported by nearly every Democrat in Congress and is overwhelmingly backed by the American people. It was committed, in a committed to in a deal among senators when they passed the infrastructure bill in the chamber, a commitment reiterated just last week. We articulated this position more than three months ago, and today it is still unchanged. Progressives will vote for both bills, but a majority of members will only vote for the infrastructure bill after the president's visionary Build Back Better Act passes. Again, Jen, there's not 3.5 trillion in that press release, just like Bernie's language changed to uh, a strong reconciliation deal. Well, you might be saying, Jordan, well, what does it matter if you're saying they're going to have to take less? They're basically just stating reality. Well, Kind of negotiation 101, you go to the water's edge and basically let them think you're going to take hostages so that ultimately when you do have to negotiate, you get more. It's not, you don't get less. So I see, even though I'm happy with, and you, you know, you had to come late because you were doing last minute stuff for us, but I pointed out that Pelosi has already walked away from her promise. She said they're going to vote for the bipartisan deal on Thursday. So I'm happy that the progressives are saying we will still vote no, but I'm not happy that this language is changing, changing where they're not not saying 3.5 trillion uh, and using phrases like a strong reconciliation deal. Yeah, it's it is really important important to decode language whether you're reading, you know, a, a, an article or, or watching TV. There there are coded things in what people say and politicians are, are the best of the best at that. So it is disturbing to see the not, you know, the language not there. Uh, we will not vote for this if, you know, these aren't, um, you know, shipped together essentially. And I'm, you know, I remain extremely concerned um, and I'm breaking down these, these press releases 
it doesn't give me a ton of confidence. It seems like they're trying to make it look like they're fighting, but that there's wiggle room. There's a hell of a lot of wiggle room. And we saw that with uh, when we got the uh, stimulus checks that were supposed to be $2,000, you know, from Biden in his first months in office. And they somehow shaved $600 off of that and pretended that that's what they meant all along. And they, they found some sort of wiggle room that they could they could point to, and uh, which of course was all BS. But that's what they're doing. They're they're planting the seeds for that wiggle room that that they need, uh, if if it doesn't work out the way that progressives want. And Colin, I, I know I didn't ask you for this. Do you still have the clip uh, where I went back and forth with Ro Khanna on leaving Washington D.C. and going out and like going on Joe Manchin's doorstep? or going on Kirsten Sinema's doorstep. So I don't really get why the strategy wouldn't be, and granted, I'm not in DC, maybe I have an outsider's point of view. Why not say, yeah, no, uh, this many people wanted 6 trillion, we've already gone down to 3.5 trillion. Now myself, Senator Sanders, the whole gang is going to West Virginia, is going to Arizona. Instead of trying to negotiate with corporatists, go on these people's front doors, and put pressure on them. It seems to me, a mansion cinema, they, they never actually have pressure on them because the media kind of slobbers over them as centrists. And the progressives, it doesn't really seem there's any rallying the base. I, I think that's one thing progressives, I don't agree with progressives who have called you all sellouts and all those things, but it doesn't really seem like you're rallying the troops because they would follow you if they see you Fighting. I think the mobilization we need is to get more progressives into the House elected and into the Senate elected. I'm not sure mobilizing in, in Manchin's district where Trump carried it by 30 percent is actually what's going to move him uh, on these policies. Well, Manchin is, you know, he's all of West Virginia, not a district. And I would remind you, Bernie won every county in West Virginia. So it seems to me by the polls, the people of West Virginia want the majority of what's in this. I'll also remind you, Joe Manchin didn't win by that much uh, for Senate back in 2018. He narrowly won. You get the hang of it. And I wanted to show that clip again because, Jen, it just defies logic to me. There's still an opportunity. I don't know why Jayapal, Ro Khanna, Bernie Sanders, I mean, Bernie Sanders of all people, who his whole political idea, his whole political DNA is to go to the people, rally the people, um, you know, uh, people power from the bottom up. I don't know why they are sending out pr press releases, changing language, you know, changing 3.5 trillion to a strong reconciliation deal. Um, you know, uh, talking about we're going to vote no uh, against this uh, on Thursday, but we're open to negotiating. It, it's like, I don't get why an obvious blinking red lights option for you to apply pressure and not just be on defense, but to be on offense. And then some, I mean, is West Virginia that far from Washington DC? No, Arizona. I mean, these people could fly. I, I just don't get it. They should be in all of these places and not just these two senators, the Republicans uh, masquerading in the democratic party, you know, meaning the Democrats that are Republicans, there's eight or nine of them. Uh, that want to vote no on the reconciliation deal or water it down. Uh, there's three of them in the House that voted no on the lowering prescription drugs. Like, go hold a massive rally and shame these people. What is not registering? I know it's not 
you know, honoring, uh, you know, Washington norms and, and, you know, my friend, the dear Senator and all this kind of inside baseball niceties, but I don't know. I think that should be out the door because you want to know something, Jen, even the people that have been calling all these people sellouts might gravitate to that kind of thing. If they actually go and shame these political corporate terrorists. Yes. And, you know, I've said over and over, ever since you brought that up, that they should be at Joe Manchin's door. They should be at uh, Wine Mom Cave in turn Kirsten Cinema's doorstep. Yes. Hell yes. That's exactly what they should be doing. When AOC first got into office, I remember a lot of people were, were very excited and hopeful because she joined with the, the then new Sunrise Movement largely led then by very young people. And AOC joined in protest outside of Nancy Pelosi's office. And again, while a lot of us were like, hell yeah, that's exactly what needs to happen. Let's keep this going. Well, what happened to that fight? It seems to have dissipated. I mean, the headline, as cinema resists the budget bill, she is set to raise money from business groups that oppose it. Like she, you know, give her credit. She's like, she is like the Republicans. I mean, she's not hiding it, at least. She's just flaunting how corrupt she is. So cinema is openly holding uh, fundraisers with um, the inf uh, National Associations of Wholesaler Distributors and the Grocers Pack, along with lobbyists for roofers and electrical contractors and a small business group called the S-Corp Political Action Committee have invited association members to an undisclosed location, undisclosed, like in the bunker, <laughs> on Tuesday <laughs> afternoon for 45 minutes to write checks for between 1,000 and 5,800 payable to cinema for Arizona. First of all, I was kind of shocked that was in the New York times because all these stories like kind of leave out the elephant in the room, but these people are bought off and corrupt, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a broken record, but what I'm seeing right now and why I made the headline holding firm parentheses for now is because they're not using their greatest asset, which is the people. Um, which is deflating the people. It, it, people, are, people are already deflated. The way to inflate them or excite them is to show you're going to fight. And yeah, they might think, well, we are fighting. We're saying we're going to vote no against the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Yeah, that's going like 50% th that way though. The way to fight is to say, no, we will not vote for that. We will not go under 3.5 trillion and we will be visiting Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema very soon and rally with the very people that in that they represent who desperately need all 3.5 trillion of this and let them be on the defense responding to why they won't do it for the people that they re represent um so in, in talking about cinema, let's all get a little, how about actually a lot more angry. Colin, if you can pop up this uh, Sahil Kupar tweet about what Manchin said. Manchin on the $3.5 trillion bill. We're just concerned about entitlement mentality versus rewarding mentality. And then taking care of those who really can't take care of themselves. There's so much good stuff in there that we're still working diligently entitlement mentality what a d-bag this is a guy who does not care about people that's it 
he only cares about profits and Joe Manchin and, and his power or whatever. For him to say that is, is so horrifically disgusting. It is a very right-wing Republican thing to say. It's not even you know a centrist Republican thing to say. It's extremely right-wing. Oh, an entitlement mentality. We don't want people to you know feel like we're just giving them things. Um, hey, what are you doing, bud? People are really struggling here. People are dying. You're fine with the entitlement mentality of, of big businesses, but not for everyday people. That's not okay. Uh, and by the way, horrifying. maybe we should talk. Maybe we should talk about his daughter's entitlement mentality. Since huh. you, you go to West Virginia, apparently he paid. He basically paid the university to pass her through college. Uh, then she infamously was uh, my, the CEO, I think, of Mylan, which was one of these price gouging. Um, companies that, you know, exploded uh, the cost of, I think it was insulin in the case of his daughter. Yeah. Um, the, uh, oh, was it insulin? Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it was insulin or something else, but her daughter was the CEO of a pharmaceutical company uh, and was just fixing the prices and just making them soar to the point that people couldn't afford it. So you want to talk about entitlement? How about the entitlement of the very donors that you mentioned uh, mansion and cinema refuse to raise their taxes. So no entitlements for the poor folk, plenty of corporate welfare for our donors. It is so fucking transparently corrupt. It is so fucking transparently empty and lacking any sorts, sort of coherent virtue. And the media completely behind these people will not question them, will not point out, well, you know, you want to means test this, but I mean, Manchin supported the $1.5 trillion Trump tax cut. He didn't vote for it because they didn't need the Democrats votes. They Republicans rammed that through uh, the same reconciliation package, but Manchin publicly supported it. Uh, he doesn't seem to think uh, millionaires and billionaires should be means tested for the tax cuts they're getting. He, him and Sinema don't want to raise taxes on wealthy people. Wouldn't you call that a little entitlement? I mean, it's just disgusting. And what I, I just truly, I'm baffled by it. Correction, this, uh, folks are telling us it was EpiPens. That's what I had remembered too. EpiPen, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, why it, why I, I said during Bernie's campaign, I thought he was a great man. He's done much, a lot for the progressive movement, but he would just, you know, some people could like bring the baby to the water, but you got to drink it is he just didn't have that killer instinct, just like the progressives don't seem to have that killer instinct because it's just very obvious right now what needs to be done. And that is to shame these people, to publicly point out the money they are taking, to publicly point out, I think David Sirota reported on it, that cinema recently got hundreds of thousand dollars from dark money pharmaceutical groups. Uh, so did uh, the three Democrats who voted against lowering the prescription drug. Like, that's not a minor detail in a story. That is the story. And if the media is not going to report it, then the progressives should be going ham in person on their doorsteps. And if they're not going to, frankly, then, you know, I can't attack people who criticize them because I'm criticizing them. I can't attack people for the mentality of like, well, what's the point of voting? I mean, I don't think we should completely shun electoral politics. 
I think we should do both electoral outside strategies. I don't think either are un are universally are, are what's the term? I don't think they're mutually exclusive where it's one or the other. But mm -hmm. at the same time, at a certain point, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And they are it's not enough to say we're going to vote. We're going to vote no on the bipartisan deal and then accept a strong package. Well, what's a strong package? You're going to accept two trillion dollars, which basically would be down from six trillion dollars. I'm not on board with that. And you could get a lot closer to three point five trillion if you would just go on offense and say, fuck it. We've got the people. We've got the energy. We're going on offense and we're going to shame these people. And I don't care if we get castigated as, oh, dem disarray and the progressives aren't uniting, blah, 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 blah. No, no. They already united. They bit their tongue and they've complimented Biden, who is a Republican. They, they folded like a tenth of the $15 minimum wage. This is Bernie and the squad. They just accepted it, that it was being removed from the COVID relief bill. Biden ran in a public option. He's moonwalked on that. They haven't said a word. The list goes on and on. I mean, just look at Rokana's answer on Julian Assange. So I don't know, Jen, maybe I'm a broken record, but maybe we need to make a video like with cartoons standing in for them at these rallies so they get the point. It's just crazy. And I got to tell you. Cardboard, cardboard cutouts. Um, so uh, about like four thoughts ago, you brought up the media. So I wanted to pinpoint exactly what's happening. The media is already manufacturing consent here, preemptively. Colin, if you can pop up the Noah Smith tweet, please. So this is a Bloomberg guy. He's a Bloomberg opinion guy. And he says, remember Flint? The infrastructure bill would make sure that never happened again. When a bill promises to get poison out of the drinking water of every poor person and every marginalized person in America, you vote for that bill. So yeah, a normal, you know, everyday person maybe hasn't been paying attention to exactly what's in the bill because people are working two and three jobs. They don't have time to, to dig into what's in here. They don't have time to, to figure out what exactly happened with Flint. They, they're like, okay, this guy has a blue check. He works for Bloomberg. Okay, I guess he's right. So even, you know, a potentially like not in tune progressive or a, a not in tune dem would see that and think, okay, yeah, maybe I've heard, you know, maybe we're not going to get everything, but that's great. That's good. Let's fix Flint. Let's fix everywhere. Yeah, but that's a complete lie. Noah Smith is absolutely lying 100%. They cut down so much of the money that would have gone to help with that in the infrastructure bill. It's not even going to touch it. And, and uh, second of all, they don't know where a lot of these, these lead lines, these galvanized pipes, they don't know where they are. Flint, in Flint's case, many of them were written, uh, the, the records were written on index cards, and many of them were illegible when they were trying to, you know, at, at the height of this crisis, and they couldn't figure it out. Well, that's in many cases all across the country. So even if there was enough money, which there is not, this is not like a sure thing, let's do it. Um, you know what does add more money to help fixed pipes is the reconciliation bill, hmm. which is what progressives are trying to get pushed through. So we all have to be very careful of who we listen to and the little snippets because people uh, don't have time to sit and read 10 articles a day. They may, might have time to, to catch, you know, the, the Chiron on CNN 
maybe a couple of New York Times headlines, maybe a Bloomberg headline, maybe a few tweets a day, whatever. Okay, here's, here's Noah Smith telling me this. Okay, I'll believe it. That's disgusting. He's and using Flint and lying. There is a common thread. Whenever you see these people invoke Flint, they have never been to Flint, Michigan. They have never spoken with the residents. 